Good morning, everybody. Happy Easter Sunday to everybody. How's everybody doing? Good. Yeah, yeah. This is, he is risen. You say he's risen indeed. That's not used to doing that. So I'll say he is risen. We can do that again. He is risen. Oh, good. You guys don't need slides. So this Easter Sunday, uh, I'll just be really honest and frank. This is like the fifth version of our service. Uh, Jen and I have been like, I think Jen sent the e-blast like 12 o'clock last night because of the constant modifications because it just was, nothing was coming together as planned. So Matt was supposed to lead uh, worship, but he's sick. Uh, then we had another plan. Then we had a, like a fill-in emergency uh, worship team and that fell through. And so it's just a, exactly, shake your head, eyes rolling. So this is just a different kind of Easter service and you just have to, we're just going to make the best of it because it's not about the, the band or the songs, whatever, it's about being together as a community because Jesus has uh, come back to life and we're celebrating uh, his, his resurrection this morning. So that's what this is about. So keep that uh, front and center in your mind. A little later, we're going to have uh, some testimonies shared uh, that have been pre-recorded and we have some opportunity to actually share in-house uh, some of the things that, uh, some celebratory things that you want to share about what God is doing in your life or something you want to share and then we'll open it up to Zoom. So if you're watching on Zoom or if you're here right now, you can kind of prepare yourself and your hearts and minds to do that a little bit later. So you, there is no live worship, so everything, so we just had our first worship song and everybody talked right through it. And that was awesome, so it's okay. Uh, but when, feel free, the other songs that come up the board, just sing as, as normal and that would be really, really great. And my daughter was just bombing around showing everybody her drawings, so that's, that's awesome. Yeah, so if, if you, uh, Christy's supposed to be here. Uh, there's some sickness in her family, so she's not here. Um, but there are coloring sheets and uh, coloring pages and markers and stuff. If you want to draw, whatever your age, you can come and grab those at any time. If you want to hang out at the table, you can do that too, no problem. Uh, we have some really exciting announcements to start off with. Uh, Jen is not here because um, they had, uh, she, they are grandparents one more time. And so, yeah, you can clap for that. That's great. I think Jen's on watching. Jen and Bob. And so they, want to, they welcomed Arthur Sullivan Meldrum, born on Friday, wearing, 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 weighing nine pounds and 15 ounces. And this is the third son for Elizabeth and Spencer. So that's very uh, exciting. So you can uh, wish her and the family and the whole, the whole family a congratulations uh, whenever you want. That'd be great. And we also have, next week is, we have a special guest speaker, Sarah DeBach. She's going to be here with us uh, next Sunday, which is really exciting and really fun. And she's going to share some of her testimony and her story, which is really compelling, as I understand it. And then after, uh, we're going to do something that uh, we call Forest Church. Now, you don't know anything about that, but when we, for the last year and a half, uh, Faith and I, well, actually it's been about two years, we just felt drawn to the woods and to tr- kind of find like sacred reflection in the forest, in, in nature, in the wild. And so for about a year and a half, we've been periodically meeting to go on these kind of sacred hikes. And we pick a spot somewhere in Grey Bruce County and uh, with another friend, a couple friend families, we, we go out and we just hike. And we thought it'd be really fun to just open that up to Blue Mountain Community Church. So we've picked a spot somewhere close here. We haven't really narrowed it down. Details will follow in the next couple of days as to what that will look like. It'll be sometime in the afternoon, a really, like, it's basically just a walk. Uh, nothing really planned, just community, uh, kind of a sacred time to be together uh, in, in nature with God. 
and uh, as he kind of speaks to us. And that'd be really great. So you're welcome to join us. More details uh, will follow about that. How's everybody doing? Wonderful. Who, who almost cried when they saw the snow on the ground this morning? Yeah. Well, God shines on Meaford. <laughs> well, not, on, not in Chesley, uh, not in Thornbury. So uh, Meaford is God's gift to the world. But it's going to be like, what's that? Amen. amen. <laughs> I think this is the first time Mike shouted amen from the back. Good for you. Well, that's great. So normally, we're going to jump right into the story, but I feel uncomfortable doing that right away. So let's just do an old-fashioned, like, greet COVID safe. What's that? We've got a kid's corner. So let's say hello to our neighbors around, even though you guys are already talking a lot. Say hello and then we'll, you know, when the Kids Corner video pops up, uh, then I'll come back up. So let's do that now. Say hello and happy Easter to you. Who ate my chocolate bar? <laughs> Actually, I made it. My Lenten fast sweets, I'd made it. 40 days without eating chocolate. Ah, thank you. Thank you. Actually, I think I'm going to keep going. I think I'm going to keep fasting chocolate because it's good for you. Boo. <laughs> okay, we're going to jump right into this story. And actually, this story, we're going to continue on with the story from Mark. Because I think it really fits. I think it makes a lot of sense. And in order to do that, you just have to imagine and close your eyes, as we've talked about many times before, kind of our sacred imagination, using those, those pictures in our mind to just see and, and, and hear and smell Jesus present with us. And in order to do that, you have to remember that, that in, this, in Mark's gospel, we're actually at kind of the, the outskirts of Caesar of Philippi. You have to imagine that it's morning time. And like dawn is just coming up over those cliff edge bluffs and there's like a pinkish, bluish, beautiful kind of sky that's kind of rising. And everything is very, very quiet except the songbirds. They're still, they're, they've, they've woken up, they're singing. And the city of, of Caesar of Philippi is in the distance and it's quiet. It's slumbering asleep. Everybody is asleep except the disciples. And I can imagine that this is like, they're, they're used to these, these kind of journeys with Jesus, they're used to these trips. And this is the sixth day of their journey at Caesar of Philippi. And so they've kind of made camp, and it's been actually a, kind of a strange journey for them because it's been a really quiet one. There's been no big crowds, no throngs of people, no big healings, no big preaches. It's almost a retreat. And Jesus is kind of, He's there with his disciples. They've broke camp, and I can imagine they're kind of the early morning fire, and these, these men just sitting around quietly, looking into that hot flame, eating some bread, maybe having a little bit of hot water or cedar tea. I don't know. And they're just resting, and Jesus had made kind of a habit of kind of like wandering off in the early morning to pray and, re and ret retreating. And I can imagine Jesus kind of being off, and the disciples kind of like not really concerned where he is, in this peaceful morning kind of retreat. And then Jesus kind of emerges behind from their camp and he kind of walks into view and he says, Peter, James, John, come, follow me. It wasn't uncommon for Jesus to go on impromptu walks. And it wasn't uncommon for Jesus to, to call these three in particular. Now in a group of 12 
you know, very different kinds of people. I'm from a very large family. I've, I've shared that with you before. I'm one of seven children. And every one of us has a very, very different personality. I, I have the best personality. Um, but my, my siblings would argue with you. They really would argue that. We're all very different. We're all very similar. But there was always this thing growing up that my brother Isaac was my dad's favorite. And so we all knew my dad loved us. But Isaac was the favorite. And one Christmas, I actually made these. I found a whole bunch of soccer jerseys because Isaac played soccer. My dad coached Isaac. And so I, put, I wrote on the, the soccer jerseys, Dad's favorite. And I gave them to all of my siblings except Isaac. <laughs> it's one of the best Christmas gifts I've ever given. And so I can imagine Jesus calls Peter, James, and John, kind of, they're kind of on this inner circle at this point. And I can imagine the other disciples, they've been with Jesus for maybe two years, and they're kind of like, of course, the favorites are going off with Jesus. Like, there's just kind of like this underlying, maybe a little bit of tension and, you know, whatever, get out of here. And so Peter, James, and John, they stand up and they follow, and Jesus says, hey, grab your sacks, grab some water, grab some rations. We're not coming back probably till sundown. And Peter's like, where, where are we going? Where are we going? Jesus doesn't answer. They walk out of the camp, and they start moving a little bit forward, and Peter's like, Jesus, Rabbi, where are we headed? Where are we going? And Jesus waits till the others are out of earshot, and he points up to the mountain, Mount Hermon, snow-peaked in the distance. He says, up there. Up there? Yeah, time to go. And so they start moving. They start walking. And the incline is slow and, and kind of slow and steady. And Jesus, his walk, is, he's not in a rush, but he, it's kind of a brisk kind of climb slowly up this bluff to slowly up this mountain. And the further they go, the harder it gets. And, and this mountain is actually quite large. And so they, they take frequent stops, but Jesus doesn't really let them take too many breaks. And as they can see, the valley kind of in the city of Caesar Philippi, beneath them, below, they can see kind of the movement of it waking up as the, as the sun starts to rise. And then maybe they're getting a little bit sweaty and they stop to take some water and they keep climbing up and up and up. But then this, the air gets a little, a little chillier. When I can imagine Peter and James and John, Jesus is kind of always in the front. Peter, James, and John are kind of like whispering to each other, I didn't didn't come prepared for this. I'm not dressed for this. I'm cold. And James is like, I know, and I'm I'm hungry, and I'm tired. Where are we going? And John, I think he's kind of one of the nicer ones. He's like, Jesus never goes without purpose. I can imagine Peter saying, oh, stop being so bright all the time and there's like this little conversations that keep moving up this mountain until finally they kind of reach they can see the summit you know 500 600 yards away and Jesus says okay we're gonna stop here Peter says stop what are we stopping here for rabbi we can't stop here we're freezing what do you what do you mean stop here the air is cold, there's a brisk breeze, there's snow not too far in the distance, they're tired and cold. But Jesus doesn't listen to Peter. He, he kind of wanders a little further off. And I can imagine him kind of turning his body towards, he's heading to, looking south down this, this mountain, mountain pass, down the valley, and he's kind of facing Jerusalem. He's looking directly south. And Peter and James, they, you know, maybe they're kind of like, all right, we'll, we'll hunker down, we'll settle in, and they, maybe they grab a seat on a rock and they take out whatever rations they have left and they're eating, and then all of a sudden, 
light. Beaming, radiant light. Blasting out from near the top of this mountain. Light so dazzling and so pure, you could hardly look at it. Now to get this effect, I was like, do I, do I ask you to stare into light? Yes, I'm going to. So what I want you to do is find a light and just look, stare into it for half a second. And then put your hand out in front, because this is how I imagine this scene playing out. Like, the disciples are trying to look through this light, and all they can see through their fingers, as the, as the light beams are kind of blasting through, is Jesus. Bathed in radiant light, standing right in front of them. His whole countenance has changed. Like a glowing orb right there in front of them. And their mouths drop. They gasp. They cannot believe what they're seeing. He's transformed. And then, in an instant, he's not alone. There are two other men standing with him. And I think that we are not the only ones up here. Who else, was, who else followed? What if the guys came with? No. They can't quite see. They're looking through this light and they see one of these men who, standing on Jesus' on his right is got a long kind of scraggly beard and kind of wild crazy hair and a, and a fur sash and a camel's thing over his shoulder. And he looks wild and his eyes are ablaze with passion. And at first glance, they think, oh, it's John the baptizer. No, it can't be. His face is more weathered. It's, it's more wise. There's an ancient look about this guy. And as they're staring, they say, Elijah? And the other guy on his left is older. A long white beard flows down from his, from his chin with long white hair, and he has like a maroonish kind of cloak over him. And in his hand is a worn, polished staff that twists up and resembles a snake. And his face is aged and wise and sure and serious. And they whisper to each other, Moses? And Jesus is talking to them in serious conversation. I imagine Jesus, like me, or I'm like Jesus, a very much a hand talker. And he's in a serious conversation with Moses and Elijah on the top of this mountain. Moses, the summation of the law, Peter and James and John would have known all about Moses and everything Moses stood for, the entire, their entire civilization built on the backs and the shoulders of Moses' imprint on history, standing right in front of them. And Elijah, the fulfillment of the prophetic voice of God, one of the, the best prophets of all time, they would have known all about Elijah and all of his stories and all of the things that he had done, standing right there talking to Jesus. And what was Jesus talking about? In between these two guys, bathed in radiant light. They're speechless. The disciples don't know what to say, except Peter. Because he's a loudmouth and he just blurts the first thing. And I can imagine him kind of like stumbling, stammering, shuffling over, mouth gaped wide, coming towards Jesus. And the others are like, where are you going? What are you doing? Peter's like, Rabbi, this is a wonderful thing, Peter says. Let's build 
three monuments for all of you. One for you, and one for Elijah, and one for Moses, and let's just stay here. He didn't know what else to say. And then as if that wasn't enough, as soon as those words come out of Peter's mouth, from rolling down the top of this mountain and all around them comes this big, pluming, white cloud. And I can imagine a mix of warm and cold air and kind of purple hues in this cloud and it just absorbs all of them. They're enveloped into this cloud. And from the cloud, in every direction, like thunder bellowing out, is the voice of God. And it says, this is my son, marked and chosen by my love for my purpose. And in this moment, the disciples are absolutely awestruck. And the moment they get even a sense of what's happening, it's gone. They blink. They rub their eyes and they look and all they see is Jesus. Beard, sash. I think I always draw Jesus with a red robe sash over his shoulder. Half grinning, smiling. And he's walking towards them. And Jesus says this. He says, coming down the mountain from Mark 9. Jesus swore them to secrecy. Don't tell a soul of what you saw. Strange. Jesus always asking the disciples and the people around him not to talk about it. But here is something that's that's different. Jesus says, don't tell a soul what you saw. But after the Son of Man rises from the dead, you're free to talk. And they puzzled over that, wondering what on earth rising from the dead meant. Jesus chose these three. Peter, just six days before, had confessed that Jesus was the Messiah. Thinking that Jesus was going to be this militaristic kind of religious leader who's going to come and free Jerusalem. He's going to push out the Gentiles and kind of reconquer Rome and reestablish Israel's presence on the earth. That's what Peter was assuming Jesus' messianic call was going to be all about. Jesus says, you're right. Don't tell anybody. Six days later, he takes these three men and he takes them up to the top of a mountain. Now, if they were, maybe they knew, maybe they were wise, I wouldn't have been. Mountaintops are where a lot of crazy things happen, where a lot of times God shows his presence. It's Really not a big surprise that Jesus climbs up the top of a mountain and is transfigured into this radiant, glowing presence. Now, sometimes we think, well, that's, that's Mark telling us about Jesus' divinity. And some scholars think, no, that's actually not yet happening because the disciples don't yet even then realize what's happening. But Jesus is there with the, the law and the prophets, the fulfillment of both, and he's saying, absolutely, Peter, you're right. I am the Messiah, absolutely. And I've come to fulfill both the law and the prophets. This history of Israel is coming into full view through the kingdom that I am going to inaugurate. 
And the disciples say, that's, that's amazing. That's incredible. Jesus says, don't tell anybody. Until after I've been killed. What? And then, even crazier, until after I've come back from the dead. Then you can tell whoever you like. And even in that moment in Mark's gospel, they don't understand what Jesus is talking about. One of my favorite uh, scholars, N.T. Wright, says it like this. Even way back then, 2,000 years ago, dead people don't come back out of the grave. No one was looking for Jesus to come back out of the grave. So not only is this Messiah, he's going to die, Jesus says, I'm going to die, but then I'm going to come back to life. And when I come back to life, then it will make sense. Then my divinity will make sense to you. Then this calling that I have will make sense to you. And then you can tell whoever you like. And this moment in Mark's gospel, why I think it's so important to, 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 to share on Easter Sunday is because this moment is probably physically the highest point that Jesus was on earth. Mount Hermon is a very big mountain. It's probably the highest point. And the whole gospel of Mark, in kind of a, a slippery, kind of weird, meandering way, all roads from this point on lead to Jerusalem. The whole story of Mark changes its course. And the whole story points towards the city of Jerusalem where Jesus walks in as a king on the back of a donkey, is executed like a commoner, like a petty thief, and he's put into a tomb. And the disciples sit in this room, the same ones who saw him transfigured on the mountain, they're sitting in a room with the door locked because they think it's over. This Messiah that they followed is dead and the story is done. But we're here because Jesus said to them on the mountain, when I die and I come back out of the grave, you can talk about this story to whomever you like. I'll take my mask off. Hi. Um, I'm going to read um, Mark 15, 37 to 47. Then Jesus uttered another, another loud cry and breathed his last, and the curtains in the sanctuary of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. When the Roman officer who stood facing him saw how he had died, he exclaimed, this man truly was the son of God. Some women were there watching from a distance, including Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James uh, the younger and of Joseph and Salome. <laughs> they had been followers of Jesus and had care cared for him while he was in Galilee. Many other women who had come with him to Jerusalem were also there. This all happened on Friday, the day of preparation the day before the Sabbath. As evening approached, Joseph of Arimathea uh, took a risk and went to Pilate and asked for Jesus's body. Joseph was an honored member of the high council and he, wait and he was waiting for the kingdom of God to come. Pilate couldn't believe that Jesus had already died. Um, so he called to the Roman officer and asked if he had died yet. The officer confirmed that Jesus was dead. So Pilate told Joseph he could have the body. Joseph brought a long sheet of linen cloth. Then he took Jesus's body down from the cross, wrapped it in the cloth, and laid it in the tomb that had been carved out of rock. Then he rolled a stone in front of the entrance. Mary Magdalene and Mary, mother of Joseph, 
saw where Jesus's body was laying. And when the Sabbath is over, Mary and mother of James and Sloan brought spices they could embalm him. And very early on Sunday morning, as the sun rose, they went out to the tomb. They worried out loud to each other, who will roll back the stone from the tomb for us? Then they looked up, saw that it had been rolled back. It was a huge stone. And they walked right in. They saw a young man sitting on the right side, dressed all in white, they were completely taken aback, astonished. He said, don't be afraid. I know you're looking for Jesus the Nazarene, the one who was nailed on the cross. He's been raised up. He's here no longer. You can see for yourselves that this place is empty now, on your way. Tell his disciples and Peter that he's going on ahead of you to Galilee. You'll see him there, exactly as he said. And they got out as fast as they could beside themselves, their heads swimming, stunned. They said nothing to anyone. So in a few moments, we're gonna, you have an invitation to share a story so you can prepare your hearts. In the next couple of moments, we're gonna go work through some, uh, sing through some songs and have some testimony. That like Jesus said on the mountain, today is the day we actually get to tell this story to whoever we want. That Jesus isn't in the tomb, it's empty. No one is there. It's, it's, a, it's an empty tomb. And he's alive, and his resurrected life is here present with us. His spirit is here present with us. And he offers that life to us this morning. And we get to celebrate that and share in that and bask in that radiant light and share that with one another. So in a few moments, you have an opportunity to actually share if you have something on your heart that you'd like to share. And that would be great. Before we do, I'd, like, I'd love to pray. Jesus, we thank you for this moment. We thank you for this uh, moment in time. We thank you for the mountaintop experiences where we see clearly, where we see a light above the cloud and above the fray. And we, we have these moments with you where it's transcending and uh, life-changing. Uh, Jesus, we, we, we thank you also that, uh, that you're with us even in the valleys. And from the road from, from Mount Hermon down to Jerusalem, you never left your disciples' sides. You never left us. You never veered off course from your plan and your purpose. We thank you that you went to the cross. And with it, you, you took our sin. You took the evil of the world. You went into death in Hades, and you came out conqueror. And we thank you on that, that early Sunday morning with the sun rising in the background. The tomb is empty. The stone rolled away. That you walked out just as you said that you would. And we thank you that you're here now that you give us your spirit, that you live with us, that you're present in our community. We think of all those who aren't physically with us but are, are with us in spirit. We think of all the sickness that's going around, the, all the reasons to, to lament and be fearful and be sad and be worn down. Jesus, we thank you that through it all, you share, offer, and give us resurrected life. And we thank you for that this morning as we can celebrate on this beautiful Easter morning. In your name, amen.